0: program created for the real gun, the oil company. <laughs> the Fenton Police calling
1: all cars, the Fenton all cars drop-drop 124, regarding a murder in a Habibati store on South Green Street. Stand by, but the equipment is choked. That's all.
0: Calling all cars goes on the air. A large number of listeners decide to give Rio Grande Cat gasoline a trial. They decide that if it was actually used by more police and emergency cars wherever it was sold than any other gasoline, it must have some advantages over ordinary gasoline. Most of those who test Rio Grande Cat are satisfied and continue to use it. For government Cat figures prove beyond any question that Rio Grande is the fastest growing gasoline market in the West. Last year, Rio Grande Crack Japanese sales were 140% ahead of the preceding year. This is all the more impressive when you realize that Rio Grande does not operate train stations. They believe in letting the independence of make their living and do not compete with it. Therefore, every dealer who sells Rio Grande Crack has voluntarily chosen this Japanese because he sincerely believes that his office custom is of better value than any other brand. We ask you tonight to drive up to the next Rio Grande dealer, ask for Rio Grande class, a gasoline that contains extra effort at no extra cost,
1: and learn what we mean by police car performance in your own car.
0: And now it is our pleasure to present Chief
1: James E. Davis of the Los Angeles Police Department. Chief Davis. Good evening, friends. You have heard much criticism of the so-called police complex. This complex, it has been charged by misinformed sentimentalists is that the police believe a man is guilty until proven innocent. Nothing is further from the truth. It has been my long experience as a policeman that the contrary is true. The conscientious policemen, and there are few who are not conscientious, and he is strictly to the law. A man is innocent until proven guilty. He would rather prove a man innocent a thousand times rather than to find one innocent man guilty and have him forced to pay penalty for a crime he did not commit. Tonight's dramatic story drives home what I am trying to impress upon you. It is a story of a tough, incorrigible, vicious man who, had he not been disclosed as a heinous killer, after his first and last murder, might have started out on a reign of terror, horrible to contemplate. Tuffy Reed was a gangster, one of our first. But more than that, he was a narcotic user, and despite the fact that he was, in the jargon of the addict user, hopped up at the time that he committed the murder, you are shortly to hear about, Tuffy Reed was a potential slayer. Perhaps he recalled a hysterical and sentimental effort Made to save him from the gallows. During that hysterical period of misplaced public sympathy, all sight was lost of the vicious crime Kathy Reed committed in cold blood.
2: Oh.
0: Our story opened on a November day several years ago when Detective Lieutenant D.J. De Romero of the Los Angeles Police Department runs into a young Mexican of his acquaintance known as Marijuana Joe.
1: Hello, Joe.
0: Oh, I'll wait. Wait a minute. What's your hurry? Oh, i have got to see. I'll go Oh, you'll wait. After all, you're wanting to run off from an old child like me that's thrown you in a can for eight times. You only teach me five times. Is that all? Seems like more. You better than be yourself, Joe? Sure. Staying away from those reapers? Oh, sure. Don't look like it to me. What you got in that suitcase you're carrying? I don't know. It belongs to this friend of mine. Anna Kitty. I got to go. Just a minute, Joe. I think I'll take a look at that first Now, loose and dirty pipe down. Hmm. you looking fur coat, Joe. Where'd you get it? I, uh, I found it. Lucky guy to find the first coat. where to you find it, Joe? Okay. And i a thought about some history. I don't suppose you took the trouble to take the license number of the car, huh? No. Well, you can have the coat, eh? Thanks. And you can have about 30 days. Come on. <laughs> For several days, police attempt to find the owner of the children's first coat, but failed. Then about a week after the arrest, another one of Joe sent Lieutenant Romero. The officer faces the suspect in his cell. Joe, a on man. mind? Lee Finetti, my mother. he seeks. He's going to die, maybe. He sends for me. He wants to see me. That's an old dad, Joe. He don't expect me to fall for do you? I swear I tell the truth, Eddie. I swear it. You let me out. You let me see my mother before she dies, eh? Not a chance. Oh, but Luke I'm not lying. Look, you go with me, if you don't believe me. You let her see me, and, and then you bring me back. I'm afraid I can't do anything about it, Joe. Oh, sure you can if you want to. You don't look to me like the kind of guy who would keep a fellow from seeing his old mother before she dies. You won't do that, would you? Well, no, but I, I can't be sure that you're telling the truth. You come with me. You see. Well, I'll see if I can do anything about it. Eddie, if I ever get a chance to do you one good turn, and believe me, you count on me, you are the whitest copper I ever meet. What's on Joe's mind, Eddie? Well, oh, he claims his old oh, lady's dying, and he wants to get out of here. Ain't very original, is it? Oh, I know it's an old story, Jim, but I've got a feeling that the kid's telling the truth. He's too upset about it to be putting on a night. What are going to do? Turn him loose? Well, yeah, after all, nobody's turned the coat. You can't hold him in the can forever without a compelling witness. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, that's right enough. And I'd hate to think that I was the cause of preventing a dying mother from chewing her kid before she bumped off. You're getting soft, Eddie. i yeah, just indulging myself. <laughs> Maybe it's the Christmas spirit. Detective Homero, More than your does bring Joe. them in their pockets. Detective Romero, now working on a gang of box car thieves out of the Lincoln house station, had forgotten all about marijuana Joe's promise. From one January day, the little Mexican walked into the office of Romero and his partner, Detective Lieutenant Lockhouse. Hello, Eddie. Well, hello, Joe. How's okay. it? Okay. You know my partner, Lieutenant Lockhouse, Joe. This is Joe Rivera, huh? Well, please come Hello, me. Joe. Sometimes known as Marijuana Joe. Mm-hmm. No more, Eddie. I've been off the reaper since you freed me last year. On the level, you're going straight. Yeah, that's fine. I'm glad to hear it. Going straight and going to Hollywood at the same time. huh? No? Oh. Oh, what do you mean? Well, oh, I noticed you ain't wearing a hat, just like some Hollywood movie actors. Oh, I lost my hat. It was new brown one. Had my initials in it and everything. Too so bad. Where'd you lose it? I don't know. I just lost it. Okay, you How about your mother, did she? No,
1: he got better. Than... She was real good, though. But he
0: says she gets well because I'll come home. I no forget what you did for me that time, Eddie. Eh? Oh, that's all right. I'm glad your mother got well. He, uh prays for you every night, Eddie. Eh? Yeah. I didn't deserve that. God, God, but... Oh, Eddie. Hey, uh, uh, by the way, uh, you remember Puffy Reed? Huh? Oh, yes, yeah. I do. They sent him up to the phone to do what I own, didn't they? They sent him that but he didn't care now. No. No. He's in town tougher than ever. As you say. With his wife, I think. Her name's Edward. He's over on 10th Street near Maine. i just make a note over that. It would be a good idea. If he's as hard as you say he we'll drop over and pay him a visit. Well, uh, I've got to go, Ellie. I'll see you later. I'm maybe. Okay, Joe. Drop in any anytime. Now, what the devil was that all about? All the kids used to be on marijuana. I for him in the can last year when I found a hot fur coat on him, but I couldn't get a complaining witness, so it's fine. Well, and now his old lady pills for you, and by kindness, you've rehabilitated him. He turned into a useful citizen. Huh? Oh, an informer. What do you mean? What do you suppose he dropped in here to see him for? He said he was a good boy. Oh, no. He figures he owes me a lot for getting him out of the can, but he doesn't want to be a film. He dropped him he him in to do me a favor. This is what? They tell me that Tuppy Rube has escaped from my own and is back in town. How much does that information worth? I don't know. But we're going over to Mrs. Edwards' house on Kansas Street and find out. Yeah? Mrs. Edwards? Yes. Yeah. are friend's three grand, aren't you? Yeah. We're police officers and we dropped in to ask you about town. Yes. Yes. What do you want to know about him? He's not here, he's in the reform school. Well, he's a state from the reform school, Mrs. Edwards, and we understand that he's staying here with you. I said he wasn't here, didn't I, Well, we will have to ask you to let us search the place for him. Well, all right. give me time to get something on. I'll just get dressed to go to town. Oh, very well. I'll just be a minute. I'll <laughs> well, I mean, that may be a stall to let him get together Now will you come in? Thanks. Where's your friend? You went around back. Oh. You don't trust me, is that it? Never no, can tell you, no. Well, I haven't got anything to hide. I haven't even got a place to hide anything. This is the whole house, just this room and the
2: kitchen out there.
0: Come on in, Tommy. Oh, yes. down that kitchen on the way in, would you? Where What is this door, lead, Mrs. Edwards? To the bathroom. Yes, here bath, you know? yeah. yeah, they that no is your property, sir. You can know, Mr. if Nothing in the kitchen, eh? Nothing in the kitchen, eh? Nothing in the kitchen, eh? No. Nothing in the Have you heard from him recently, Mrs. Edwards? Why, uh, no. I wanted to see a letter from him for a month, I guess. I'm awfully sorry it will cause you this trouble, Mrs. Edwards. Oh, that's perfectly all right. I understand. Won't you sit down a moment? Thank you. That skunk is about the best, please. As you see, I haven't much furniture here. I'm a poor woman. You haven't any idea of where else i um, would have gone after your escaped, have you, Mrs. Edwards? Well, know I haven't. Oh, that boy is such a trial. I'm just sure hearing will get in into some some trouble again. So are we. That's what we're looking for. Well, Tommy, we'd better not take up any more of Mrs. Edwards' time. Oh, that's perfectly all right. I'm enjoying your visit. Very much. Well, our uh, cop is going off in here, Mrs. Edwards. We've got to get back to headquarters. I hope you'll let us know if Clarence comes here. I certainly will. Good day, Mrs. Edwards. Good day. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
2: Clarence.
0: You not go out of the trunk now. What? I'll get to them, all right, Andy? Don't let tell the boys about those two kids. What line on the trunk I was hiding in. <laughs> <laughs> Convinced by Mrs. Edwards, the two detectives will prove that one and Joe have given him a grand steer. However, the next day, Lieutenant Romero has occasion to remember his interview with the Mexican, when he goes to the office the Chief of the detectives, George K. home to make a report on the case on which he's working. So that's the store today, Steve, and it looks as though we'll have the other three boxcar cooks in the jam before the restart. Fine work, Eddie. I to be Thanks, Steve. I'll keep you informed on the development. Oh, Hey, good looking hat there on the table, not definitely. Yeah, nearly brand new. What him that one? Elfenbein murder. That's the only clue. Elton Bynes murder? That's a new one on me. It happened a couple of nights ago. Two young folks walked into Elfenbein's store on Spring Street and held him up. And Elton Bynes old pipe, when the kids knocked him out and then shot him in cold blood. They took it on the land. But one of them lost his hat. Any luck are it? No. A label from the store in Santa Maria. But the and earned doesn't remember anything about it except that he put the initial Joe into the hat band for the kid he's it to. J-E. Joe, oh, hey. Sentence of hell, Tom. you've one. Not oh, my initials in it. Oh, huh? Eh? Say, I know you have to say, Chief. You do? Sure, Joe, sure, hello. Marijuana, Joe, we call him. He came by to see me the other day. Sent me off on a wild goose chase after Puffy puppy read. Said he's been going straight. When I kidded him about not wearing a hat, he said he'd lost it. I'll bet that blue <laughs> Mexican got all hopped up on marijuana and bust, bumped off cousin by me. Mm-hmm. Sounds reasonable, Eddie. I think we'd better drop that box car uh, for a few days and get our new thing on. Within an hour, Romero is questioning that I want to go at headquarters. Joe, I thought you told me you were going straight and ran off the river. I yeah. am, gentleman. When didn't you pinch me last year and let me go? Since last week, you mean? When we got all hopped up and went down on Spring Street and bumped off San Alvinbine. You're Romero. I didn't pull that beat you really rubbed that guy up. Oh, so that's the reason you sent us on that wild goose face after Tuffy. Trying to put the finger on him, huh? No, no, on the level. Listen, I tell you the truth of it. Well, Joe, we went over to Tuffy's aunt and we searched for joint. And Tuffy ain't there. That's what you think. huh? was hiding in that trunk you guys were sitting on. What? Sure. I see his brother today, and he told me all about it. He thinks it's very funny. Yeah, isn't it? But that doesn't get you all, of do one of the two birds who bumped off that storekeeper was described as a squawky and one of them left his hat. The hat he left was yours. Looks bad, though. Listen, I'm only up and up with you. If I kill that job, you think I'd tell you I lost my hat? You think I even go near the police station? You can't tell what a guy'll do when he's been kicking a gun around. I tell you, Eddie, I ain't kept a rifle for a year. It looks like a pretty right case against you, girl. Listen, Eddie, I think he was a friend of mine. Maybe I'm strong. Oh. Sure, I'm a friend of yours. But you and three uh, make four, you know. Yeah. And that case, You cannot count it. A pretty good. Now, stop being so smart and listen to me, wouldn't know. Sure, I'll listen to you. But I don't promise to believe your story. Okay. But listen to it anyway. And it's true. I swear. you you've got that enough to make anybody go crazy. All right, girl. Let's have the story. All right, girl. Let's have the story. About a week before that murder, Cuffy, he comes over to murder. Tuffy, he comes over to my house and wants to stay all night. I don't want him, because no. I've been on the level, and I don't want him just mix to get mixed up with those smugs anymore. No. Tuffy used to get hard about it, and there was nothing I could do. Tuffy, he stayed a couple of nights, and when he leaves, what does a dirty bum do but see my new heart. Well, nice so far. All right, don't believe me. If it makes you feel any better, is that all there is to your alibi? No. The night of the murder, I run into Puppy and a red headed guy named the Lawrence McMullen over on Bunker Hill. Now, I say uh to to you about swiping my hat and he, he say he he got easy he kill a man in a in a habit about his He say that he'd me off too, if I tell anybody. That's why easy to you about Tuppy being in town. Now, I'm trying to do you a favor. And then get off <laughs> so the vote yourself. Why, why he's so suspicious all the time. He can't afford to do anything else. Listen. There is an easy way for me to get out of these. Yeah? What? There sure was witness at for that shooting, wasn't it Yeah, I think Altenbahn's brother was in the store. Okay. You take me down there and take down pictures of Custom and McMullen from your notebook and see what Byrne says. Okay, Joe. So we'll do that right now. Good afternoon, gentlemen. You, Mr. Altenbahn? Yes. I'm Lieutenant Lamar from the police department. I've been assigned to the investigation of your brother's murder. Yes. Sure. Did you ever see this young man before? Hmm? No, never. Look at him carefully. Are you sure he wasn't one of the two thugs who came in here that night? No, he wasn't. I never saw him before. See what he said I tell you. Mr. Offenbahn, I have a couple of pictures here. Do you recognize these two faces? Yes. Yes. They are the three who in here. This one's got Thank you very much, Mr. Offenbein. Do you think you will catch him? I think so. he shot my father in cold blood while he lay unconscious on the floor there. He can, you He's in let me take his life myself. Just the he took his hand. Well, That would be impossible, Mr. Alfenbein. He must be tried before a court of law. Our law says an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth,
2: a life for a life. It is a good law. No.
0: i completely exonerated. Another one ago, Romero learns the address of a friend of Chucky Reed. where the visitors, are Romero turns the house to No place of Chucky Reed is found in the house. About the leaves, Romero noticed a little at The back of the, the, the house, and upon investigating this hideaway, discovered a crude set of morphine implements. As Chucky Reed's record him to be a narcotic addict, this is the second place of his recent occupancy of the premises. Romero is facing steady with his evidence when the youth's father enters the house. Hello, Freddy. Yeah. Where's the kid's, I see? Yeah, Pop. The bull. You the kid's Father? Yeah. I'm looking for Toppy Reed. Yeah. Where is it? Toppy Reed? How do I know? You can say, yeah. Oh, no, you no, can That's what I tell him, Pop. But they won't believe me. Look at these things I've got in my hand. It's spoon and these other gadgets. Who got it? Yeah, see, I don't know. You know what they're for? No, sure it's not. Suppose well, you don't either, Freddy. Not me. Say, so, who do you think you're sitting? This is a hop outfit, and it belongs to Tuffy Reed. I found it in that trap out back. That's where tuppy has been staying. All right. Well, it was a matter of how tough did stay out there a couple of nights. But he don't live here. Where is he now? I don't know. How about you, Freddy? Last chance. Where's Tuffy? I don't know. All right. Maybe a few days in the can will help you find out. When you get ready to talk ten for me, we'll see what it can do about getting out.
2: For
0: three days, Freddie Hawkins and Carter are held incommunicado in public cell. Then, on a Friday morning, Freddie sends for another way to be ready to talk. Well, brothers, Excuse me, one now. I got a proposition to make up. What is it? Give me the old man and I'll... I'll give you a tip. That's more like it. And if there's a trip up, it means a handful of times for me, can it? Don't worry. You put Cuffy Reed on the spot and we'll do the rest. All right. Doesn't Can you let the, the your old man go home? How do I know he won't get something off? Is... Who not anyway, You know, start, don't he know this in any way. Anyway, you're on a temporary charge. I haven't talked to him since you got sick. You don't know a thing about something. Okay. The old man goes free. Now what to do? I'm on a meet with something tomorrow. We expect me to bring him a bit of snow tomorrow afternoon. Where? At the old greenhouse on the hill over the tunnel. What time? ten o'clock. Well, let me tell you, buddy. You're double crossing, and it. it's going to be plenty tough, huh? There's no apple. You'll stay tomorrow. And I'm telling you, you're going to be on here. That guy is just as covered as mine. She can't stand a pinch, and the girl is going to be cooking her own. Next afternoon, down till three o'clock, the police car, Combinator Mello, Captain, Captain, Townsend, to and other detectives, and losers, later by the two buildings. And we're we'll half a block past the building where we'll Gary turns to Hawkins, who we'll has remained slumped down in the back seat almost out of sight. Don't hey, I thought you he have been here. No, though. That was one sitting on our return wall. This was kind of those cars. Then, where did he go? So? But because I'm not ready to die I don't want him to see me. I'm out of this car. You guys can go get that up if you want to, but I want to get out. I can, if you want me to, he'll pick the food up. All right, Sergeant. Hold on next that and spot. Okay. Wait, you get out here and keep Freddy coming. Yes, sir. Come on, Freddy. <coughs> okay, Sergeant. Swing around and go by the
1: school building again. Yes,
0: sir. Get out of get that man. Low down and let me take him, Sergeant. All right, baby. Hop out from the side and slow down. Get ready up, What? Why, so, you. Don't reach for no gunner, I'll let you have it. It's oh, like right you got me. You did not even give me a chance. It's quite a thing you come coming out of, it kill you full of legs. Yeah, that's what I figured. Oh, what's the charge? Murder. Murder? Now, What are you talking about? You heard me murder. The murder of Sam by I him. never heard of him. I don't know nothing about no murder. You yeah. too about that. Oh, good afternoon, oh, You Mr. Altenbain, here's another young fellow I'd like to. What happened him? He's the one that murdered my brother. You got me all wrong. I'm James Thomas. I've never been in this place before. Harvey Reed, positively identified by the witnesses, book on a charge of murder. Questioned for days, he suddenly denies his guilt, denies knowing Red McKellen, his partner in crime. Red McMullen's acquaintances of Red McMullen and Preston, in who sang out to carefully watch but boots go by and nothing is heard or seen of it. On March 1st, convinced that their party had a safe protangler, for he send his picture through the print and description to every two in the West, requesting a careful lookout for the young child. But two months later, when Chubby goes to trial, no word, he was going be Red McClellan, On the third day of the trial, Chubby takes the stand in his own defense. I was very sick on the day of the murder. I took on a morphine I had before noon. In the afternoon, I got sick again. I got hold of three grains of cocaine. I don't know what happened after that. I remember going to a cell someplace downtown, because the fellow told me I could get some chelsea Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I ask you, do not be swayed by this and or misdirected, even if this probably ridiculous testimony of family. Were well, as to account of his activities on the day committed his murder, I cannot believe that twelve intelligent men and women, as I know you are, could feel sympathy for this social misfit, whose record we have placed before his trial. He the jury's fire. Consider the fact that during the past four years, this boy of scarcely reporting age has been arrested seven times for crimes including assault, burglary, grand larceny, robbery, and violation of the Narcotic Act. He was fugitive from the reform school at the time he committed the murder for which we're now trying. Whether he was or was not under the influence of narcotics at the time he shot and killed Sam Nelson Vines, the fact remains that, that he did commit this murder. But he's a hopeless causable, and by the law of the state of California and the conscience of our own hearts, he should be made to pay for his crime and force. After fifteen hours of liberation, the jury brings in a verdict of guilty in the first degree with no recommendations for clemency. And the judge fifty sentences Chapter Reed would die on the gallows. But other powerful forces, raised by for the useful killer, gathered to his rescue, until for the next two years a of bitter fight grace to save him from the news. And in the meantime, a year to the day after Chucky Reed's arrest word comes. to rest, James C. II of Oakland, California, that Dred McMullen is being held in the Bay City for Los Angeles. He went into a narrow the lease to the north to take charge of the prisoner. Next day, as captive and captor sit in their drawing room on the Sunset Limited, Dred McMullen shows a willingness to travel. Well, it was this way, Lieutenant. Kelpie and I were walking around St. Street so looking at the store window. And we got to, just have a so, it to this habit of grocery store, Kelpie says, Let's go in and pick up the joint. And I said, Okay. Then he went in and. Everything have along fine until so that guy grabbed Tuffy's arm. Then Tuffy swung on him and he went down like a light. Tuffy so leveled his gun at him and let him have it. He knows the guy, Yeah, with a gap in his hand. Then the scrammed, didn't he? Yeah, we took it in the lambs. You know, right now, I wasn't ever. Oh, wait, we met again an hour later. Uh, let me tell you something. If Tuffy wouldn't have his mouth, that would be to the food today and throw so it out. You like that boy, Jim? You tell me. He was me named Bumpy off. but he's old enough, and I promised I wouldn't. And 15 minutes later, we went into a young Mexican punk called Mariana Joe. Any of them? It seems like that now. Well, uh, this Mexican was beefing about his house. Seen had troubled notice on him a couple of weeks before. And what if nothing's going he lost it an hour ago in a store, and am supposed to be where he bumped us all off. Will you try that? I don't know if that's What's the only I do is a fist well, we for Well, you can't blame him for buying the babies on that. Oh, God, I bring cut Now, look at this down on him. I didn't talk to open
2: I wouldn't
0: kill no man no matter what the circumstances. Is this according to be. because because of the law and you're of your Just about, that. You've only got one thing in your favor. What's this? You confess. You won't swing for this job. And Puffy will.
1: Uh-huh. Romero was right. Red McMillan, uh-huh. although he was found guilty of first degree murder or sentenced to San Clementine's Penitentiary for life, while Couple Reed, in spite of the attempts to save him, was hanged in the courtyard of state prison on April 24, 1925, to the grim satisfaction of the murdered man's brother and the relief of thousands of citizens that there was one less public enemy. Thank right, you, Chief Davis. Ladies and gentlemen, these broadcasts prove that it does not pay to violate the law. But there is another law, a law which most motorists violate every day, and they pay dearly for each violation. Have you heard of the Sinclair Law of Lubrication? Automotive experts agree that the Sinclair Oil Company has discovered a law which is a solution to automotive problems.
0: Every motorist who lives up to the Sinclair Law of Lubrication will reduce his motoring costs per mile and will avoid needless bills. Every real grandy crack gasoline dealer is an authority on the Sinclair Law of Lubrication. And by quickly checking the degree of wear on your car, he can tell you exactly what grade of motor oil will make it operate most efficiently. Uh, he has an up-to-the-minute reference manual giving latest
1: manufacturers' recommendations on exactly what oil or lubricant to use on every part of your car according to the number of miles you have driven. Now, for the first
0: time, you uh, can get a truly scientific lubrication service. The recommendations of your rear gammie dealer are back by the highest authority, of the thin floor law of lubrication. It costs you no more to get scientific of this thin floor lubrication.
1: So when you drive in tomorrow to fill up the rear, grandly class gasoline, ask your dealer about the thin floor law of lubrication and how it can cut the cost of operating your car. Attention all cards, cancellation broadcast 124, regarding a murder on Spring Street. The suspects and are now in custody. That's all. Rosey.
0: Yeah, you good night for the Willow Gang Oil